Welcome back. This is still the Bookish Shodemus podcast where we serve you all the book nutrients that your mind needs. Over the past few weeks, we've been reading the book Startup Nation, and here we are giving you a review. Yes, this episode will be covering part four of the book. Startup Nation, and it's titled Country with a Motive. And under this part, we have chapters 11 to 14. Chapter 11 is titled Betrayal and Opportunity. So let's get right into it. In this chapter, we see how Israel's nuclear journey began, their arms journey. Before now, like every small state, Israel was more comfortable with importing weapons from countries that made them, rather than investing resources in building their own. And the authors share that a major player is the founder of the Fifth Republic, who formed an alliance that was called Personal, and he was involved in the supply of military equipment and aircrafts to Israel. Until the year of Israel's independence, where a tripartite declaration was issued and signed by the US, Britain and France, and the purpose was to limit arms sales to the Middle East. Some years later, Israel wants to launch an attack against Syria and Egypt. And this guy comes up and tells the world he will not support the first country to launch an attack. And that was it. Israel was out cold. Then they realized they had to start creating their own weapons. That was the beginning. And when he was asked, he said, France does not have friends, only interest. When they started creating their own aircraft, they had 23,000 employees and the supervisors just wanted to copy and paste things, the American F-16. This is the structure. We will replicate the same. There was this guy who had an idea for the landing jet. He was not supported. They said, we don't need new innovation right now. Let's just get these things off the ground first. And then he left. Later on, we see that he founded 17 startups and developed over 300 patents. The essence of this chapter was to show how betrayal helped to jumpstart Israel's nuclear journey by convincing them they could not rely on foreign weapon system. Chapter 12, from nose cones to geysers. One thing the Israelis have is the multitask mentality. You meet an art graduate who solves technical issues like a trained engineer who was a fighter pilot in the Air Force, courtesy of the IDF. In the IDF, there's a bias against specialization. You have to know everything. A matchup where innovation is born from the combination of radically different technologies and disciplines. There was this rocket scientist who had the idea to put a camera in a pill that would then transmit pictures from the insides of the human body. Impossible, that's what people said. That one idea was what betted pill cans. And the name of the company is given imaging. We see Israelis combining widely different fields. And in this case, missiles plus medicine. And they gave examples of combinations of widely diverse technologies that has been put together by Israelis that border on science fiction. From combining geothermal algae, fiber optics, and petal cells to treat diabetes to other things. 
Israelis have a penchant for technological matchups. And it's more than just curiosity, it's a cultural mark that lies at the heart of what makes Israel innovative. And what application? Let's go back to the educational sector. We need to begin to teach our learners not just specific solutions to specific problems. There are so many problems, a lot that you haven't even seen. You see why that thinking is faulty? We need to begin to open their mind to the possibility that lies in the application of one solution to cross-disciplinary fields. Guide them on a journey of discovery. Encourage them to explore same solutions in other fields. Deliberately ask, where else is this relevant? That's what's called real-life application. And that's the way we are going to begin to see more creative solutions. Moving on to chapter 13, the Sheikh's Dilemma. We see the introduction of the concept called clusters. It is explained as a unique model for economic development because it's based on geographical concentrations of interconnected institutions, business, government agencies, universities in a special field. An example will be Wall Street, also Silicon Valley. These are clusters. And we see a comparison of the UAE and Israel. And I brought it home. Clusters are also applicable in our human relationships. Individuals, government organizations, corporate bodies should learn to create clusters. It widens your connection and network, which leads to access to critical information. According to the authors, a cluster must be built around personal relationships face-to-face -face contact, and common interest. If you bring companies from the same segment together, opportunities begin to materialize. So how is Dubai different from Israel? It is said that Dubai opened their doors to innovative global companies. And so you'll see different branches of universities in the US. Affiliations, that's what they're called. So, but for Israel, they created the innovation and hopped into a global venture and tech ecosystem that is constantly searching for new products in the market. And so while Israel's physical structure might be inferior, they have a very strong cultural infrastructure that is vast and rich. The authors advise that price shouldn't be a cluster's only competitive advantage. There should be other qualitative elements like tight-knit communities whose members are committed to raising the standards, shared commitments which transcend day-to-day -day business rivalries. For these affiliations, it's business. We are here for the money. It's transactional, no emotional commitment or sense of rootedness. But for Israel, they know that their country is at stake. And we are going to make it work because it's ours. Their drive to succeed is not just personal, it serves a national purpose. This is what is articulated as profitable patriotism. We also see the concept of a core purpose, which is an organization's fundamental reason for being. It reflects the importance people attach to the company's work beyond making money. And for Israel, their core purpose is to provide a secure place on earth for the Jewish people.
they have a motive. What is the Sheikh's dilemma? It is stated that all modernizing monarchs ultimately try to balance economic modernization with limits on liberalization. Since liberalization challenges the monarch's power, the author of the seminal book, The Wealth and Poverty of Nations, argues that the best barometer of an economy's growth potential lies in the legal rights and status of its women. To deny women is to deprive a country of labor and talent, and to undermine the drive to achievement of boys and men. Chapter 14 is titled Threats to the Economic Miracle. It says it's not enough to be up to date, but to be up till tomorrow. The first question asked was what would happen if the positive factors that launched Israeli's tech boom in the late 1990s were to disappear? Of all the threats and challenges facing Israel, an inability to keep the economy growing is perhaps the greatest. Israel has a rare cultural and institutional foundation that generates both innovation and entrepreneurship. What it lacks are policy fixes to further amplify and spread these assets within the Israeli society. Let's discuss this in the afterword. I'm going to take a pause here. Thank you once again for listening. The afterword coming your way shortly.